Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It's Tuesday, September 18. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky DeOlivera. And I'm Japheth DeOlivera. And I'm excited for oh, two reasons. Oh, Ooh. What, what two Do reasons? To, well, first, that I get to go to a party at the Research Consulting Lab today. I have to bring an item of food. Okay. And I'm bringing dates <laughs> stuffed with peanut butter and chocolate. Uh, what? Sorry, what was the, what's the, the group that's going? What's the party group it's, name? It's the research. Well, that sounds like an amazing party. It's the party. Department of Applied Statistics <laughs> Research Methods. <laughs> that sounds it like, is going to be a great I party. I can't wait. Do people have to dress up like a like a digit? Or? I don't think so. I'm I'm dressing like myself. I think I think you should all dress up like some statistic. <laughs> Well, you'll have to show me how one would do that. And the second reason I'm excited <laughs> I'm is that it's the message today, but you should pray. Okay. Pray for that I have a good time at my party. And what was the second thing, sorry? Oh, you get to read the message. Yeah, yes, yeah, the message. I know, it's right. fantastic. All right, here, let's pray for today then. <laughs> and your party, of course. Heavenly Father, hey, it's great to call your name, Lord. It's great to be able to enjoy uh, each other, to enjoy life, to enjoy community. I want to thank you for laughter, for happiness, for uh, the joy that you bring us, and for this passage as well, for the tremendous joy that that Paul must have had as he wrote and penned this, this last words here in this particular chapter. God, as we read it now in the paraphrase written uh, in the message, may we see the kind of joy expressed as well and kind of capture that vision as well. We ask for this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, here we go. Romans 8, 31 to 39, the message. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare even to point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying, threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. I have so many questions before we even get to recalibrate. Well, I mean, I was thinking this a couple of days ago. I've been thinking it every day. I just haven't bothered to articulate my thoughts out loud because, you know, it's it's not always helpful. You should not. But today I thought, you know what? Hmm. Um, First of all, God, the argument is that because he gave his son, wouldn't he give anything else? And I think an alternate argument could that to that could be, well, I already gave my son, so I'm kind of done. Like, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's the point. It, it's kind of like saying, hey, if I gave somebody my car, wouldn't I also give them my house? Uh-huh. And there's an illogic to that. No, yeah. I might be done. Maybe the car is like as far as I'm prepared to go and I'm yeah. done giving now. So that just, that was one thing that I just thought there, there was a certain, it's not a terribly logical argument. 
And the second thing is, is there anyone who would dare tangle with God be messing with one of God's chosen? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the evidence is all around us. So, yes, God's chosen. Where did presuming you say that in Eugene? Which, uh, it section? says, and who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? It's about six lines down, five, six Probably lines, something Eugene like that. Said it well, I mean, it says it in, in other ways throughout yeah. in, the other, yeah. in the other translations. The sentiment is the same. That nobody's going to do anything to you if you're one of God's chosen, and that is so obviously not true. Unless, again, we're talking as religious people almost always are, in some kind of metaphorical way in which we're referring to some world that's more theoretical than it is actual. Yeah. Well, this is just a couple of quick points that I thought while of I was quick, reading. Good quick points. So I think. Mm, I thanks. Think, yeah. <laughs> no, they're great. They're great. <laughs> Uh, the late uh, John Stott, um, he wrote a commentary on this uh, on this book, and it's really worthwhile um, getting his uh, commentary on the Book of Romans. It's fantastic, and I would recommend it. It's actually listed in as part of the list of bibliographies uh, in the bibliography. Sorry, part, part of the list of commentaries uh, that we recommend that you read on the passages that we're preaching on and go through the daily walks. So John Stott's one of them, and he talks about this passage, and he said, and he suggests that. If you read it in the original translation, so ESV is actually pretty good at this, there is an if clause uh, at the beginning of all of these four questions that come up. Um, and he says the if clause is what changes all of these questions because it's not a real question. Uh, he, Paul is basically saying, if, yeah, well, if, what do you mean by if? If God is for us, well, who can be against us? And he says because he puts the if clause inside there, John started saying he's not actually putting forward a real argument. Paul does this all the time where he, he kind of just lays out a question that he already knows well, is an impossible, what is he trying to say? an impossible question to be answered because he's saying, of course, of course God is going to take care of it. Of course God is, is there. Of course God is with us. So all that Paul is trying to do at this point here is raise the kind of like the, the story to the final point saying, look, there is going to be all sorts of things going on with you. And, and what you need to know with all these disasters, every single thing, the five questions that he brings up, the five repeating uh, ideas that he brings up, it, uh, that he comes through here, all through these questions, f not five, four things that comes. Who shall separate us? Who can condemn? Who can condemn? Who can be against you? Who is against you all the time? Nobody can really be against you ultimately because God will rescue you. It is with God. And he's saying that, just hang in there. Have Maybe the we should do the question. Oh, yes, we should. Okay, so here we go. Uh, have you ever experienced spiritual FOMO, fear of missing out? I was laughing when Hashtag I was reading FOMO. this because I was thinking, okay, not being a millennial, I think I have phobia, which would be fear of being included. <laughs> <laughs> is that I mean, really a? Is that really a? I made it up. I don't know whether it's a real thing. But I think I think when you get to a certain like, age, you and I have talked about how we're super delighted if anybody like cancels anything on I know, us. I know. I know. Because I will. I never cancel anything. Man, if you, I don't if you cancel that. an appointment on me, I'm like, thank I'm like, you. Yes. It's okay. I'm fine. I'm free. And people apologize profusely. I'm like, nope. If it's you turn up late, good. I'm like, that's fine. Let's, I'm free. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, so I don't know. The idea of, um, I guess in a spiritual sense, that something would be going on spiritually that I would be missing. Like what? 
I think we've Maybe always going had to FOMO. Hell? <laughs> Not worried about it. No, I'm glad if that's happening without me. I actually was using the term FOMO yeah. with uh, my wiser generation group that I meet on uh, on Tuesday. I know what it means. Right? I was explaining to them oh, that, okay. that FOMO yeah. exists um, and uh, sharing this term with them. But uh, but I think we've actually had FOMO before. We've just called it like grass and the green. You know. Well, I think you can feel sad if all your friends are having a party and they don't yeah. invite you. I have felt you know, that way. But I don't know that that's a fear of missing out. It's not like I'm afraid that things are going on somewhere and I'm missing them. It's more I would be offended if, you know, my close friend had a wedding and didn't invite yes. me or something like that. Yes. But that wouldn't be so much that I'd missed out on yeah. the fun. It would I've be got that some I'm friends who are Gen Xers who actually live by FOMO. What do you mean they live by it? I mean, they, they're scared of them. They, they, they're constantly like, oh, man, I've Well, that's why it's that. the reason, apparently, yeah. why people have a hard time committing to plans because they're afraid that something better will come along yes. and they'll miss it because yes. they agreed to do some. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, I don't know. In my universe, you always miss something. That's what choices are. So, so I thought it was really good uh, how <laughs> Jessica added the, uh, you know, have you experienced spiritual element? FOMO? Are you, are you scared of missing out spiritually on something? Yeah, are you? No, I don't. I don't think I'm scared I'm of missing out. I don't. I don't. Maybe that I don't. Explains I don't some live. people go to multiple church services. That, that's true. Like, that could I've be. I've got to hit all of them in case. Multiple churches, I miss multiple services. Good. I've got to hit every. Yeah, maybe. No, I don't. I don't feel that way. I feel. I feel blessed uh, with what I have, and feel blessed that I'm growing and being challenged with that. But I don't feel like I'm missing out on on that thing. So I'd love to hear if somebody feels like they are experiencing this and what that means to them. That would be a really interesting insight and. What actually drives that? That would be a turning point for us. So yeah. talk to your friends about that. Uh, have you ever experienced spiritual FOMO, um, fear of missing out? And uh, and what does that mean for you? And uh, how would you apply that to your lives? And uh, and rereading that inside the context of the text as well. Read The Daily Walk. Enjoy that as well. Look after each other. Live love. And we'll connect tomorrow. Hey, thanks again for listening to The Daily Walk podcast today. If you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.